0: The Father and Son and the Holy Spirit from God. Amen. I today we will speak about the spiritual cross of the servant and how it is important for the service. Uh, firstly, what we mean by the spiritual cross the spiritual life is a dynamic life, it's not a static life. So, you grow in your spiritual life. But any grass has to have a goal and direction. So what is the goal and what is the direction which we should to grow? The direction is, uh, or the goal is to reach to the life of perfection, because this is the goal which we are asked as a Christian in general, and as a servant in particular, to reach the life of perfection. So therefore, St. Paul, when he defined the goal of the pastoral care, he said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Him we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And also, as also it is written in the letter of St. Peter, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And St. Paul he said that is I have been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So we grow to reach the life of perfection, in other words, that is Christ to live in us. And also St. Peter said, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus. Christ and this cross is important for the the service and we as a servant uh, when we grow spiritually this will reflect on our service as the Lord said for their sake I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth." So the depth of the service depends on the depth of the spiritual life of the servant. Because the servant is not just a teacher, or educator, or organizer of activities. But the servant is a witness, is given a living witness of the spiritual life. Therefore the Apostles, we put the Apostles in a very special position in the Church, because they are the eyewitnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ, they lived with Him, they heard directly from Him, and they conveyed to us His teaching and His action. The Lord Jesus Christ he did not write a book but he gave life he gave a model he gave example and he asked it, this example to be conveyed to us by eyewitnesses people who lived with him to tell us and with the succession of the apostles the bishops then the clergy servant we follow the same, that we have to have eyewitnesses. Here, of course, is not as the apostle, By eyewitnesses mean you have a practical experience for living with Christ. So when you speak about Christ, which is the center of our service, and all our service, different topics which we have, history, liturgical, uh, dogmatic, uh, stories, the, all the focus is about Christ, because all lead to Christ. And when you speak about this, you should have your own uh, practical experience, your own experience. That's why St. John, when he wrote, he said, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. And our hands have have handled handled concerning the word of life, so we declared you. So we are not talking about something theoretical, but something which we experience, as uh, he mentioned uh, here. So therefore, the father defined the Theologian not by the degrees he or she acquired, but by the tips of his or her uh, spiritual life. How to have a, a, life, a life, pure life, to can kind of reflect the life of, of Christ. So that's why we don't consider theology like any subject that you can study. And you can study subject, you can be you know, very scholarly in this subject. But doesn't mean you believe in it or you practice it. And some people must study the Pharaonic civilization. They can expect in hieroglyphic language and temples and all the dynasties of the Pharaonic. But doesn't mean they believe in that or practice this. But they are, uh, very knowledgeable about it. Theology is not to be knowledgeable about only. Of course, it's important to know knowledge to grow on the knowledge but more important in how to be reflected in your, in your life. Therefore, the experience of our Coptic Orthodox Church through, its, through ages, all the theologians are pastoral, linked to the, the life of the Church. Within experience, as some churches experience when there is separation of the theologian, of the theological teaching, and the life of the church. That's why when we have a theological school now, even if we develop it to be more scholarly accepted, but we link it it with the service. So that's why we we say that, as we explain, and we want to to serve the servants. And as we're going to establish a department for Christian education, which will include the theological teaching of theological uh, school, but also the service at the Sunday school and the service of the youth, all linked together, because we don't want this uh, separation between the theological study and the real life of the Church. And we don't want the theologians who are very knowledgeable, but they don't live a pure life. Sometimes you find in some theological school you have a, a professor of Old Testament who is a Jew, but he will, you know, very scholarly in Hebrews and understanding everything about the temple and so on. So they assign him or her to teach Old Testament in a Christian seminary, which of course. It does make any sense because uh, in 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 the Christian theology, we look to the Old Testament through the New Testament. So, if someone who does not believe in the New Testament, how he going to teach the Old Testament in the right way? Uh, how he can look to the stories of the Old Testament or look to the sacrifices of the Old Testament as leading to Christ. Maybe he speaks about the Messiah, but he does not believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And so on. So, the link is very important uh, at all levels. At all levels, including, of course, you as a level of servant, and how to be reflected in you, in your life. What is your life? That's why when, in our Sunday school service, we, we, in the servant meeting, they Also follow your attendance, uh, your preparing preparing lessons, your ability to communicate. But also what about your spiritual life? Do you have a father Christian? Do you confess? Do you come to the church regularly? Do you attend the liturgy? Because I see in, in some cases when the servant, they come to the service. And you have the Sunday school after the liturgy. So some of the servants, they come to the Sunday school. They don't attend the liturgy. What kind of message you are giving to the kids when you are coming late just to give them a, a, a lesson, to teach them. So, in brief, your spirit, your life is indication of your success in the service. And when you feel that you are not successful in your service, then look to your spiritual life. And the growth of the service in general depends mainly on the growth of the spiritual life of of the servant. Then I will talk about some areas of the spiritual growth and how we can uh, grow in which areas. Of course, many areas, but i just give some examples. The basic of our service, of the basis of our service, is love. And why you serve? If you ask yourself, what is, why? What's your motivation? Because you feel the love of Christ to you, and you want to express this love by sharing the good news with others, to let them enjoy the same love. So the, basic, the basis of the service is, is love. And love is not only feeling or actions, but the, the criteria of the criterion of love is sacrifice, your ability to sacrifice. And this is when God wanted to show his love to us, he offered himself to us. And this is the utmost manifestation of God's love to us, that is, he sent his only begotten son. So, your ability to, a willingness to to sacrifice, sacrifice in your time, energy, health, and uh, facing the difficulties uh, and so on. And to deny yourself because uh, to, to sacrifice, part of the sacrifice is to denied you, you, yourself. I always say uh, when you serve at your convenience, this is not a service. When you serve, when it is convenient for you to serve. This is maybe You spend a nice time in the service, nice time with a group of the servant. But this is not the Christian service. Christian service is to go beyond your comfort zone. Your comfort zone could be a group of people, could be a certain church, could be a certain activities, could be a limit for the service. But you have to go beyond this. But if you serve within your comfort zone, you are serving yourself, not serving uh, whom you, you serve and of course St. Paul when he spoke about love in his uh, letter, first letter to the Corinthians he put love above all the gifts and all the action he put so I, I speak with tongues of men and angels and, ha- and I have the gift of prophecy Above the knowledge, that is, if I understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, above even faith, so I have faith so that I can, I could uh, remove uh, 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 mountains, above giving, so I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be buried, but I have no love, so it I have been nothing. So I am I am nothing. So you have to express their love by loving those yourself, to to be open for them, to accept their weakness, to good effort to know them personally, to know their names, to visit them, to understand their circumstances, uh, to build contact with their with their families, and to help them uh, to go, not to be critical about their behavior, but to be supportive and encouraging them in their in their service. And uh, that is uh, one of uh, many of ways which you show love to those you serve. and uh, And you can put some. Criteria which examine whether you really love them or not. Of course, if you have a group of kids who are very nice, attentive, everybody would love this group. But what about if they are not, or some of them not like this? What's your feeling? If suppose you have one among the kids in your class who are a difficult boy or a difficult girl. And then you come a Sunday and she or he did not come. What is your feeling? A relief? Happiness? If you have this feeling, then you don't have love. Fair. Because uh, that does mean you feel, even if you, if you say differently, and if you say no, 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 I, of course I miss you but in your heart you actually you don't miss him uh, it, it appears from uh, this when you receive a criticism from them how you react to the criticisms everybody happy with any place to have but what about criticism does it change your feeling towards them or not and so on. So you can put some criteria to show, you know, what is you are really love them or just words, and to what extent you are willing to uh, sacrifice. Second area is uh, faith. We can grow in faith because faith is very important for us and ourselves. And St. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, the servant uh, needs support, need support, but from where is this support? You may be talented, and you uh, have some gifts, which is great, but actually... The, the influence of the effect of the service is dependent on the that work of God in you. And that is, if you believe on that, and you and trust God, that can help you in, in the service of this living faith, that is, the ability to, the work of God to change people, to change your heart. Because the service is about change, and here is not a change of machines or change of even behavior, but a change of heart. And the only one can change heart is God. You can help on that. But without the grace of God to make this change in the heart, they will will achieve nothing. So that's why you have to grow in faith. Realize your weakness, your limitation. You do but you can, but at the end you are a, a limited uh, a person. That's why St. Paul, he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Don't give up, don't give up because of your weakness, but be strong in Christ. And it depend on the power of prayer. That is feel that as activities, conviction uh, talking, try to convince, visiting may help. But all these things are limited. You can talk, you can bring proofs, you can do many visits. But all these things are limited and they need the power of prayer to accompany all these all the things. And that is different between you are speaking with a person who doesn't believe in God. You can depend on your intelligence. But if you combine your intelligence with prayer, then God will, will work in your argument to change the heart. Because many of these people even from outside they argue logically but there is something inside them that leads them to reject God and this just just covered it by a logic argument and they need to be touched inside why they are rejecting God, there is something inside them and you cannot reach this by logic argument intellectual argument with them you can reach it by, by, by prayer. You have to make a change within this heart of this person who rejects God, who don't want to believe in God. Or he does not want to have any relation with, uh, with God. Also, to grow in faith means to wait for the work of God. Sometimes we do service, very good service, but there is no outcome yet and we lose face or feel you know, we failed or uh, upset or depressed because we don't see activities, we don't see outcome of what we are doing. We call a meeting but few people coming, we arrange for activities, little who joined and, and so on. You, know, you feel you are doing many things. But nothing happened. So don't give up. Don't lose your trust in God. God will bring fruits in the due time. Not many of the great servants, they, they did not see the fruits of their service even in their own life. And uh, I always mention the example of St. Paul. St. Paul, he preached not in countries but Continent, and he worked very honestly, but if you look to the outcome of his service during his life, take for example, he established the Church of Corinth, then look to the weakness in this church, all the weakness. And if you can this Church be established by St. Paul with all this weakness with the people who are eating and being drunk because of for taking communion and if we see some people coming to take communion and he took a coffee in the morning we see, oh, what kind of spiritual living in this church? But imagine someone who coming who drunk and come to take communion. <laughs> what kind of level of spiritual life of these people? But that was the case of, of Corinth. They eat drunk, be drunk and then come to take communion, and he rebuked them for this. this. Sexual immorality was prevailing because Corinth was a symptom of this. and sexual immorality was linked to the worships in the pagan uh, in, 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 in Corinth. So people gave them with this mentality, with this background. And he talked to them about virginity, celibacy. And the people, St. Paul, spoke his great teaching about uh, the holiness of the body and about the relationship between husband and wife and about liberty and virginity to people of Queens. He didn't say, no, no, don't talk for them about these things. The, 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 The level is not to talk about. But, so, when we have a low level, we should not lower the bar, but increase it. Otherwise, we go to the level of the people. He did this, and he tried with them, But the fruit of his service, we enjoy this fruit of service. St. Paul is a great preacher, not because what he achieved during his life, but because what kind of seeds he put. And now till today, and until the coming of Christ, we will enjoy the fruit, of the work of the Holy Spirit through St. Paul, and so on. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself, his service, the three years, great achievements, but what is the outcome regarding the disciples? Yani, suppose you disciple group for three years and a half, and then one of you betrayed him, one of the other delivered him, and the other escaped except one. What you call it? Failure? But after the resurrection, he spent with them 40 days, and then it revived. And we tell now, we see the fruit of this three and a half year the Lord spent to disciple this group of the disciple. Even at the end of the three and a half year, there was not such great fruit of it. So, don't be worried about the outcome, but be worried about your honesty in the service. And God will not ask you, what is the outcome of your service? But he will ask you, how did you do the service? How honestly you did it? Because sometimes we, we neglect, but God works in other works and bring people, not because of us, but because of his work, and sometimes the opposite, you, you work very hard, but you don't see uh, uh, the food. So you have to be uh, honest and not to be worry about the, the serbs. The third thing is to uh, life of holiness. We have to grow in the life of, of, of holiness. How to grow in controlling your body to, to glorify God in your body and your spirit. How to grow and not to judge uh, people. How to grow to have positive towards things, how to grow in life of joy and how to convey this joy to the people around, around you. So the continuous repentance, when we speak about to have a father of confession, is not just a formality to be fulfilled but actually is one of the indications of you are living life of repentance and we have to continuously repent, because when sins enter in our life as a servant, then it will affect our ourselves. When you grow in, your, in a life of purity, to be more effective. That's why you find the hermits or the desert fathers who reach a high level in a life of holiness, They were very influential, the people, like Saint Anthony. People just seeing him, it reflected on their life, because of the holiness, the life of holiness which reflects him. And lastly, to grow also in knowledge, and to have to, almost to add to your uh, knowledge about the Bible, about theology, about the history of the church, about the liturgy, and so on. You yani, don't stop at the level of servant preparation and yani, what you achieved that. It's just giving you the beginning, but there is no limit. As you know more, so you'll be able to, to answer. So your reading to the Bible regularly led you to absorb the Bible. Knowing verses, it will help you when you speak, that is, the verses come from, from you. When you study more about the Bible, you can understand in depth about every book of the Bible. When you understand the theology, uh, is, is very important. Some people say, we just uh, speak about spiritual subjects. But actually there is no difference between a spiritual subject and theological subject. For example, the debate about the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, with the Arian heresy. It it was a spiritual subject. And why Thanasius led the fight against the Aryan heresy and he accepted to be exiled five times is it because a two minds fighting against each other it was a, a Byzantine debates it was a, related to our salvation because if Jesus Christ the Logos is not God, then who saved us? And Arius, he said, he is not God, but he is a God. His divinity is less than the Father. So what does it mean? Related to our salvation. Our salvation. Because we believe that this God died for us. So if the one who died for us is not God... Then you are not saved. So Sanat for him, it was not intellectual discussion. But it was something related to our salvation. And he considered this against our salvation. When Sebelius spoke about the, the three hypotheses as just a one, but appear in different names... And he said that God is one person, one hypostasis, but he appeared with different names. In Old Testament he was called Father. In the time of Christ he is called Son. Now he is called the Holy Spirit, but it's the same person. It is philosophical study, philosophical debate? No. It is related to our salvation because we are saved through the work of the Holy Trinity. The Father sent his only begotten Son to take our human nature, to die on the cross and the Holy Spirit transmits for us all the effect of the salvation. So if we don't believe in the Holy Trinity, then how to be saved. And so on. That's why because we, we turn to. Uh, avoid the dogmatic issues as if this is a difficult issue. Or it is against love when you start to speak about the difference between Protestant and Orthodox. This is things outdated now. We have to speak about varieties, about oneness. This is a very deceiving thing. Yesterday I received an email from one of the cop send me a video about a Protestant preacher here in the United States, he telling the people, his congregation, we always talk to you about Catholicism as the deviation from the Bible, as the deviation of salvation. But today I want to talk to you about something worse than Catholicism, Orthodoxy. And he started to attack the Orthodox, and very yani, mocking us. F- he started by, look, when you find an Orthodox, these people, they have long robes. <laughs> and this is what Jesus Christ spoke when he spoke about the Pharisees. They want to have a long robes and people to greet them. So this is the Pharisees of today. And they said they have a different Bible, different gospel. We usually say we all believe in one Bible. But he said, no, these people don't believe in the Bible. And he called Pope Shenouda about salvation. So he said, these people. They are not saved because their teaching about salvation is corrupt teaching. They have a pope called Shenouda and he pronounced it in very yani, fun, fun, funny ways so people are laughing and he caught, when he caught he caught it in a voice which uh, yani, uh, to let people to laugh about Yani Yani is not only one who uh, discuss it in an objective way, but it is discussed in, uh, in, in in very uh, aggressive way. And he started to speak about salvation, uh, this Pope, he said, uh, salvation in moment is a heresy, it is a process. So, when you saved, you will be born again. Of course, he said, I was born on. He mentioned his birthday. It was a process. Oh, a moment. I was born. Of course. But he forgets that he took nine months to grow. (laughs) And St. Paul, he used this. He forgets in St. Paul, he used the analogy of the cross of the, the emperor, as example of how we grow, that is Christ to take shape for us. Of course he didn't quote Saint Paul when he spoke about to complete your salvation and fear. <laughs> we have not to be deceived by all the call of unity. We all of us like to be one. But, in which basis? And if we leave this, yani subjects, okay, they come and attack us. If we don't speak about salvation and what we differ from the, the, the Protestant understanding of salvation, then if you hear this, he, he told you, ah, I know among you some of these Orthodox, so that's why I'm talking to you. That's the United States. So we have to be, uh, to know our, our dogma, know our faith, and to be ready to respond, and to teach the, our kids, because when they go outside, they face all these challenges. If you don't, if they don't know how to answer, so easily to be shaken, and we have to uh, uh, but if you as a servant, uh, you are not equipped, if you don't know, then who is going to teach them? So that's why uh, we will focus on you as a servant to be sure that is, besides you have a good spiritual life, but also you go in the knowledge, you know, understanding of, uh, of, uh, of this. You know the difference between councils, between heresies, between uh, how the Church responded to it, and also the, the new uh, thoughts which are now is spreading, especially we are living in, very, in highly intellectual society. And here, of course, American society one of the very intellectual society. Area of Southern California, of course, a highly intellectual area. And we have to be able and equipped to respond in a very objective way for all this. So, the growth, the spiritual growth, is important for the growth of the service. And we grow in love, we grow in faith, we grow in life of holiness, we grow in knowledge. And of course, there are many other areas which you can. Reflect on it, but if you are not going, then you are going back. But about if you are going back, <laughs> if just being stand still is considered going back, but if you are actually going back, if you are actually feel that is your spiritual life. Was much, much better than when you started the service than now. That's a very dangerous thing. It's a very difficult thing. So we have to be watch, to watch about our life. And of course, it's a time of the Great Lent is a great time for us to reflect on our spiritual life and spend time with our, everyone with him, with him or herself to reflect on your life. And may the Lord grant all of us to grow spiritually, to reach the life of perfection, to whom is glory now and forever.